a brief interruption <laughs> or whatever she said in glitch i don't listen um, to glitch so <laughs> what i don't listen to glitch that's not true glitch was was in your top five it was not what in happened? my top five play it back <laughs> i no let me pull up this list right now i've also like glitch rearranged my list i need to like my bottom two. Oh. Oh, wait. What? My top five were your on your own kid, would have, could have, should have, Midnight Rain, Vigilante shit, and Labyrinth. Oh. But I've always hated it. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh, you liked High Infidelity. Yeah. Well, I guess I'll give my updated top five. It's now Lavender, Haze, Maroon, Karma, Hits Different, and Would Have, Could Have, Should Have. I told my stuffed animals about us. Okay. Your turn. <sighs> Hello, everyone. Welcome back to I Told My Stuffed Animals About Us. I'm your host, Alicia. And I'm Ashley. And today we are talking about postgrad. Yeah. Um, How many days has it been since graduation, Alicia? Right now. Um, okay. So we graduated April 30th. And right now when we're recording, it's December 19th. So that means that it has been... S- seven months and can be 30 days? or 31 yeah you're right so uh it's been seven months and uh, seven months and 19 days 19 days yeah. yeah okay anyways um well to preface we both like are working like that's our postgrad route and i know that there's a lot of postgrad routes so again uh not going to be as nuanced as if we had like someone in grad school or someone taking a gap year or whatever. Isn't that the terrible thing about having a personal podcast is it's just us. <laughs> like there's never going to be anything different. It'll just be like our lives. I mean, we could have gotten a guest, but also like, it's fine. <laughs> I guess. But I think I that's, know. A, that's a debate have on like content and subject matter where it's like, what is the the value? Like, our podcast is us, right? And so, obviously, we should just share our experiences. And we're not, like, anti-other people's experiences or, like, the object- objective source on anybody else's life. But also, that's the beauty of us is, like, we are the experts on what we're doing. And so we get to have, anyways, dialogue about... What do you... What do you tell people when they ask what your podcast is about? Because most people have asked me that, and I'm like, uh, I don't know. We're just, like, dicking around. Talk about the podcast? I mostly just say, like, it's me and a friend, and we talk about life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's correct. Uh, yeah. Let's let's jump in. Um, we did put up question boxes. Again, our Instagram is Stuffed Animals Pod. And we put up a box for postgrad people and a box for people who are still in college. Um, but I guess we can start by talking about... Well, let me ask you this. How did you determine your postgrad plans? Okay. Uh, so originally, I wanted to take a gap year and just like not do anything. Because I had been incredibly burnt out at this point. Like, I had not recovered... like. Yeah, I had not like mentally recovered from even freshman year and then everything piled on top. So I was like, I just need a year to like 
take care of myself and just be. Um, that plan was not very fleshed out because one, I did not want to do that at my parents' house. But then I'm like, how am I going to pay for anything? So that was going to be something that I had to figure out. Because um, at that point, I did not think that I felt ready to enter the workforce. And then I think there was like a lot of things that led to this realization. Partially, like I really liked my job at like my student position at Pepperdine last year, um, where I was running social media for one of the student affairs uh, departments. And then also in combination with like, at the time I was dating someone who was local. So I was like doing a lot more in the area. And I was like, wow, I like have not lived here the way I wanted to. Cause like I dreamed about living in Malibu ever since I was 10, did not know how I was going to do it, but I was like, I got to do that. So then last year I realized like, I like haven't really lived here. Um, at first, it, I wanted to go back and work at Pepperdine, and it was not just like anywhere at Pepperdine. Like I'd have, I was very picky about what that would have to be. But yeah, I around March I think is when I was like, okay, let's start looking for jobs. And even then, like it was pretty. I was not like a mass applier um, until around like May, when I was like, ah, because um, a lot of people like even going in fall semester senior year already were like this is my like I have this job lined up the day after graduation mm -hmm. and I was like girl what there is no timeline which is something that we can dive into and we probably should but I was kind of late in the game compared to a lot of my peers mm -hmm. I think that also comes with your major too like yeah in my field in journalism it's very rare to have a job offer lined up mm -hmm. like super early before graduation just because they want you to start working immediately but um yeah I knew that I wanted to escape academia I knew grad school was not for me definitely did not want to go back into that what I struggled with was like finding personal balance but also I really wanted to have prestige in my work and like be somewhere that meant something and I think I've really had to let go of that idea because what I want is to feel like a full person and to feel respected in my workplace. And I know you can find that at bigger organizations that are household names, but I think for me, it was finding like, what kind of people do I want to be around and what kind of culture do I want to be experiencing? And like, what do I want my work-life balance to look like? And how am I going to find places that fulfill me as a person? Because I think um, academia really drained me. I like to say that it was um, a great time to be a journalist, but a terrible time to be a student. And I think that was really true, like just the pandemic and sort of what we had to go through within our college experience. But I was job hunting. So the other thing about journalism is we, there's a lot of fellowship opportunities for recent grads or like early career journalists. And so that was something I was really interested in. So I was applying for things. What is a fellowship? Um, it depends <laughs> on who you are. There's like early career fellowships, which are more like mentorship, like long-term internships and they right. pay you less. But then there's also like, at least in journalism, grown-up fellowships where like you're really, really good at something. And so they pay you like normally a university will fund research or like a longer term project, but they're normally like a year to two years. And it's about like learning and, um, developing in some way shape or form so I was looking at a couple different publications fellowship programs and then I landed on this job in business journalism which has been very silly um 
but yeah, I got the job very offer. unserious and very unserious. Thank God. Um, I got the job offer in March and then I started working. Yeah. May 2nd. So I was kind of one of those, like hit the ground running people. Um, mm-hmm. But the best thing that I probably did was take a month off to travel and just be yeah. and to be with my family and friends. And that was something that like, I really, really needed is just to like pause and be a young adult. I think that's something that we haven't really had a lot of time to do because we've had to grow up so quickly and sort of mm-hmm. encounter a lot. Um, and that's kind of what I'm spending this year doing is just figuring out who Ashley is and who I want to be in this world and what's important to me. And I think the career stuff will follow, but anyways, that's my post-grad life. Yeah. What would you say is like your biggest, like, I don't know the word for this. I've been trying to figure it out for the last few days, but like expectation versus reality. Like what was the most like, ah, I didn't see that one coming. Mm. Honestly, I had a really pessimistic view of post-grad. Um, especially for my field, you're supposed to start at like a really overwhelming hard job in a really small market, like in some small town in rural America where you don't know anybody and you're just like working and kind of making your own way in life. And I knew whatever I was going to do, I wasn't going to do that. Like I knew that I really had to prioritize what was important to me. And that was like having good friends, having, like I said, a personal life and being paid well, like being somewhere that like I want to be and feel like I'm being invested in. Um, so I think that's been something where I've just been like constantly aware of like how being an adult is different. Like you're not going to find the same. I feel like Mm -hmm. a lot of, there's so much about adolescence and going to school that is convenient that you don't realize like having peers learn and develop alongside you is not something that just comes naturally in the adult world. Like balancing personal hobbies and activities that are not completely work driven even like finding time to travel or just take breaks and not have to have um adult obligations like once you graduate at least I have found that the cycle just keeps going and going and going and there's not sort of that natural built-in like and now you will go home for the holidays and you will see all your friends who are also going to be home for the holidays. Or like, and now everybody and their mom is going to be at this football game and you're all going to hang out and you're all going to go to the party afterwards. Like there's not this sort of everybody is doing this thing together. And so you really have to create those moments for yourself and find that community and that sort of sameness in wherever you are and really plug in if that's something that's important to you. So, um, so that's actually something that a current student put in the box is what do I do with my life when there are no longer scheduled breaks in the year? (laughs) Um, That's a great question because sometimes I'm like, wow, this sucks. But at the same time, I personally feel like now um, working, I don't feel the need for an extended break as much as I did in school because at least in my job, because I work eight to five, but then after that, shit's done. Like I can just clock off and not think about I mean like I do think about it but like not the way that I'd like like have to like do homework or like study or like think about okay what do I have to do Mm -hmm. to emotionally prepare for this next day um so I feel like for the most part I don't feel that itch for an extended break as much as I used to in school although like it would be nice but like people do still like people will plan their vacations and 
I know that looks different in every company and it also sucks that that's like something that we have to earn in this country, but yeah. Um, yeah, I think re along with restructuring your day, um, yeah, like I feel like I have more time to recharge day by day rather than like go, 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 go for several weeks and then like absolutely sit back for a week. Yeah. And weekends are a lot more freeing too for that oh same God, reason yeah. where you're like, okay, it's 5 p.m. on Friday. I am not going to think about this for the next 48 plus hours. And again, I think that's the careers that we're in and sort of the workplaces that we contribute to because I know not everywhere is like that. Um, but it is so nice to just be like, okay, I have mm -hmm. all day Saturday and I have all day Sunday and none of it has to be devoted to work in any capacity. I get unlimited PTO. So I'm really lucky in that way, but I do. Wow. Off. What? Okay. Yeah. So I just take <laughs> days off whenever I feel like it, or like I'll take a half day off. And I think that's been really good for me too, where wow. I'll be like, anyways, like I want to travel and see a friend. So I'm going to take the day off or, um, and I have the option. Well, I, I always work remote, but I can work remote from anywhere too, as long as I'm respecting you know, those work hours. So um, finding opportunities that can be flexibility to just to say like, okay, I'm going to take an hour long lunch and I'm going to go sit in a park and like cry or I don't know, like whatever yeah. you need to like. I took take a, a walk break. on my lunch today. Yeah. I think that's really great too, to just find those times within your, and again, that comes down to what your workplace will accommodate or, you know, what your phase in life will. But I think it's just finding that sense of balance for yourself because it's not going to be as go, go, go as when you're a student. I'd say like I got I since graduating I've had Sunday scaries maybe like twice and it's not nearly as bad as it used to be. That's so um bad. like if I am anxious it's like near when I'm trying to get to go to bed and I'm like okay I have to like rush and like get to bed soon so I can get full right. rest. Honestly, uh, which doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah. I found more Sunday scaries when it comes to like my personal chores like oh like oh my god I yeah wasted my sunday and now i will have you know like dirty floors because i didn't vacuum or i forgot to clean the shower or like that sort of things where like i do too much fun things and then i come home and i'm like now i'm not ready for the week because i didn't spend any yeah. time getting my personal space together that's been annoying. i have put off cleaning the bathtub for like two weeks now i know and it just like feels icky every time you look at it and i'm like flying home tomorrow so i literally have to do it like during my work hours tomorrow no, i was so bad this weekend i flew out sunday afternoon and i didn't do any of my bathroom chores and so i'm gonna go home and it's gonna be like hair on the floor dirty bathtub like so annoying mm -hmm. self-care clean your bathroom yeah saw one blurb i don't know what to call mm -hmm. these response from um a fellow post-grad individual who mentioned relationship building um like finding I, that one stuck with me too me too where i was like oh my gosh it's so hard and i, I was also was like i should text her <laughs> i was talking to one of my pepperdine friends who we're not like oh i like to use the analogy of like levels with my friends like everybody starts off as a level one friend and then you kind of this like is a huge thing I, from the beginning of college i remember I everyone's like what can i do to be higher up on your levels ashley and it's like it's not about that it's more just like where are you anyways um but i'm realizing that like i have a lot of great level two friends but it's really hard to make people like either to like create that intimacy or like because i know for me i have a lot of really great best friends and like Wait, do you i want know to explain the levels oh it's basically this just idea of like you have your acquaintances and then, you know, as you become closer friends or best friends, you move up. So 
I don't, I don't think my levels go past like five or six. Like I don't think there's like that much depth mm-hmm. to the different stages, but um, I have a lot of great like acquaintances. Like I trust them with things that like are not strangers, but I don't have very many people in my immediate proximity that are super, super deep friends, which isn't a bad thing. But I think that's something that leaving college you have so many best friends in your vicinity. And so to go and be like, oh, everybody already has a best friend. Like everybody already has a person. And it's it's just uh, a different yeah. experience. Uh, so because they brought up like one of the biggest lessons is like it takes time to form deep relationships and then don't move somewhere and expect the same kind of friendships as that you had in college right mm-hmm. away. And that I think was one of my biggest lessons too is I mean like I knew that I wasn't going to like have the same capacity like same level of friendship as I did in college but it's it's really hard to adjust to that and making friends at work is kind of weird because at least at my job like everyone still kind of has to like sift through like corporate America like it's still they still like vanilla you out like they still like dilute your personality a bit or whatever and so like on the first day I was like oh all these people seem cool and then I'd hang out with some people outside of work and I'm like wow you suck (laughs) (laughs) and uh I mean like it takes a bit now I have like a work bestie and I also have a work bestie who works in the midwest (laughs) yeah like it's it's just different Mm -hmm. um and even if you I feel like if you like graduate knowing that that's going to happen, like it's still a big culture shock because I'm like, oh, I can't just walk up to everyone immediately and like act the same way I was with my college friends. Right. I think the other thing that you don't really realize, or at least I didn't in college, is that when you go to a small private school like we do, like it's a very specific kind of person who's going to be in that space as well. And so for me, I felt like I found like, clones of myself everywhere I looked because it was like wow everybody is just like me like they hold the same kind of passions they're You're just like the same me. kind of yeah driven they believe the same things I do like everybody is so 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 similar just like different variations but when you go out into the real world or like into these bigger spaces where everybody's come from their different life paths like you don't have that same sort of Venn diagram of life experiences where you just share everything already or you have all these commonalities and so I think it's also about finding spaces where you do like getting involved in a faith community if that's important to you or like finding we have a lot of intramural sports in DC people will just like play intramurals so things like that or do you play spike ball over there um I haven't seen much spike ball it's a lot more like volleyball and is spike ball more of a beach thing I think it is very California actually no a bunch of people played it in Washington. Like, at my church, they would. Yeah, I remember doing that at, like, youth group and stuff, too. We have polo on the East Coast. Polo? Like, horse Lacrosse. polo? Yeah, people, like, actually play polo. Wow. A lot of golfers. Ew. I know. Um, um. So I think it's also, yeah, like, replicating it in that sense, where you find those people who do share those life experiences and then going from there. I will say I got on Bumble BFF when I first moved to D.C., and I met some, like, just like fine people but I have met some people that have been really cool and like have continued to be my friends and so also mm-hmm. like be okay looking for cool yeah. people in also, weird places like I feel like with that a lot of people are like scared to reach out but it's like no everyone is on the app for the same exact reason everyone else is trying to make friends yeah I think it's a great start especially yeah. I don't know how much it works for um men men but I know for the girlies 
I've had a yeah, lot of or I know like one of my male coworkers, the only other one from out of state, he joined it. And I think he was looking because they also like host events or like they'll mm-hmm. tell you about events. So that was I don't think he like made friends off of it, but like he definitely found out about like different clubs or like whatever. from Yeah. That. Oh, um, Facebook groups are still a thing. It is a little millennial, so it is kind of for an older crowd. But I'm in a couple different Facebook groups and they'll at least give me good recommendations of like yeah. places to go or like big public events that are happening that's yeah. been really nice or like I found a church recommendation there that I've really enjoyed so things like that like get involved in just like the gossip of your area as well yeah. I think that helps if that's I have this app called nudge and it's it this is this only applies to like big cities so like LA New York I think they have one in DC I don't know where else um but um basically they send you like events going on in your area but they're like niche and they will give you an entire itinerary and you can also like customize it. So they'll be like, do you want to go out for drinks? Like respond with this, like with whatever to let us know what area you want to go and we'll give you a full plan or like what kind of vibe are you looking for? Like how big is your group? Stuff like that. Yeah. Huh. Now I have to download the app. Um, But yeah, I can send you a link. Oh yeah. Give me your referral code. No, they were, they were like, raffling off a trip to switzerland if you sent a referral code whoa but that's over now yeah oh this one person mentioned learning to how to do things in solitude yeah i would also echo that like part of being an adult is just doing things by yourself a lot of the times and i think (sighs) it's also finding the joy in those moments because they're never going to go away unless you just like i don't know marry somebody who's attached to your hip all the time or get a dog or something like that just finding time to embrace the little moments of like anyways I gotta like go to the grocery store by myself now or the post office or Mm -hmm. do my laundry by myself or clean the house by myself or yeah that's the thing is I've been working on that like since college like I honestly like I have this core memory of beginning of college um one of our sweet mates what I like because I was trying to go somewhere um, to like a campus event and no one could go with me. And I was like freaking out. And she was like, I think it'd be good for you to just go alone. Like you need to learn how to be alone. Like, like, but okay. No, I was like freaked out because she said it in like a very, I was like, Oh my God. Um, Yeah. Cause she was like, I've noticed like you, you like don't like being seen alone. Like that's something you're really insecure about. And I was like, ah. Oh my gosh, that um, is coming for your throat. Yeah, I know. So then I did go to it alone, but then I found like multiple people there that I was friends with. So I was like, ha. Um, but yeah, no, that's something I've been working on for a long time. And I've also mm-hmm. seen a lot of people on TikTok will be like day one of doing this like XYZ alone to mm-hmm. show myself that it's okay or like to show you that it's okay. Oh, I've seen those. Um, Some of them I think are kind of silly, but I also understand that they're not for me. So yeah. No, okay, the first one that I saw was going to the pool alone, and that is also my problem. Uh, because some, it's, because also, like, the community I live in, there's a lot of people, like, like, college-aged kids, college-aged kids living together, so they'll, like, be at the pool together, and I, it feels like when you walk past a bunch of middle schoolers at the grocery store. Um, but, yeah, I don't know, I, like, at first, like, this super freaked me out, and I would, like, just stay home. Uh, mm-hmm. But then I was like, no, I literally, like, this, my, the whole point of me staying in L.A. was that I wanted to do all these things that I didn't get to do the past few years. Right. Um, so I, like, started going to art museums alone, and that was 
really nice because I was like, I don't have to like stand around and wait for someone else. I can go at my own pace. Yep. And like a lot of times art museums are very like reflective experiences. So then I don't have to like carry around this emotional response and like baggage and like while I'm with another person. Yeah, I think so much of that is like unpacking the idea that like, like, okay. And this applies to so many things, but like nobody is nobody cares about you. Like nobody is paying more attention to you than their own, like what's going on there. Like they're probably so much more concerned about how you're perceiving them than they are perceiving you. Right. And the other thing, I think sometimes the conversations about like solitude and doing things by yourself can feel very like introverted or like, Mm -hmm. it's also very extroverted because people will talk to you if you're by yourself or like my favorite thing to do when I travel alone is to like, go sit up at the bar and order food from the bartender and talk to them because Mm -hmm. I can only do that when I'm by myself, you know? And so I think there's a lot of experiences that you can only take when you are just you, right? Like walking up and approaching another person at a coffee shop to like share their table or like, and I know those things can be even scarier, but if you're trying to connect and meet people, like going out in a big group won't always do that for you. Like sometimes you do just need to do things by yeah. yourself to find those moments um yeah and so i think yeah it's this is something for everyone not just for yeah. the isolated lonely people everybody <laughs> and of course like be safe like i'm not oh, like yeah, i because sure. i was like one day i was like oh i want to go to griffith park and i'm like no i'm not going to do that alone like that ugh, people right. get murdered there oh speaking of which rip P22. Oh gosh, poor guy. But also yeah. he sounded unwell. I was reading all those Did reports. you read that list of his health issues? Yeah, no, man had had a good run, but Yeah, and whoever he, hit him with their car, like how did that even happen? What well, uh, probably the mountain lion got in their way. But I Anyway, so he can't be our animal guest anymore. <laughs> yeah. Sorry to P22. There's other mountain lions in the canyon. Yeah, but he canyon. was iconic. I know. He was the mountain lion. Bottom yeah. line is... Put yourself yeah. out there. Yeah. Don't be afraid to do things by yourself. Find joy of being by yourself yeah, when you do have to do it. Other people are not watching you the way that you think they are. Right. Um, and some things are more enjoyable on your own. Yes, um, but it's also okay to acknowledge that you'd rather do them with someone. Um, uh, okay, I think like the reoccurring theme, other than solitude, is money. Ugh. And yeah. that is okay. I lied. That was my biggest um, expectation reality thing because I thought I like was not going to be financially anxious anymore, and I really wish someone had told me that that's not the case because I've never been more stressed or in debt than I am now. Oh my God. Uh, Cause okay, here's the thing. Your paycheck is going to get taxed so much more than you think. Okay. And yeah. uh, someone also asked a college student asked, how do people pay for rent? Um, well, the general rule of thumb is your rent is supposed to be your monthly rent is supposed to be a third of your salary mm-hmm. for that month. Yeah. Uh, I went over budget because um, I was kind of trying to speed run it because I got noticed that I, like my job offer literally came less than a month before my job started and it yeah. was in another state. So yeah. Um, 
So that's a good rule of thumb to stick to. But yeah, like you've got rent and bills and like I'm paying off my car, like there's and then car insurance, like there's a lot more expenses than you would think. Right. I think that's something start budgeting now while yes, you're oh my God. and while you have limited expenses. I think this is kind of what we're getting at is like be aware of just like how you're spending your money, how your spending habits are going to change when you have different expenditures. Um, yeah, do your best to find apartments that are within your means, furniture mm-hmm. that's within your means. Because I think there's a lot of like early career expenses that you don't account for, which Alicia's right, like having a car, like you're going to have to get that to your location and like paying for gas is going to be a big thing. Or um, again, filling your apartment with things like there's going to be a lot right up front. Um, But if you can find ways to balance it, manage it, do figure out how to have fun without spending money too. That's something that like, um, there's a lot of free things when you're in college, people just like throw t-shirts at you or like give you free food if you show up for something. And it doesn't quite work like that in the real world or in the grown up world. Like people want to meet for coffee or drinks or for dinner or to go to a movie or to do a thing. And that's totally great. But also find opportunities to say like, no, I just want to go to a park or a yeah. museum or museums aren't free everywhere. Sorry. I forget that. Like <laughs> there's just like a lot of free things for me to do, but um, just find opportunities to do things that aren't inherently cost associated as well, because then doing fun things will also be stressful. That's something that I've had to balance where it's like, I have saved money for travel. I am going to spend money when I travel. Like I need to be able to differentiate, like this is money that is like living money versus like fun money versus, you know, money I have devoted to these Mm -hmm. things. Um, And so I think if you can kind of get that mindset going while you're in college to say like, this is money that I'm saving for housing and tuition. And this is money that I will spend on food. And this is money that is for clothes. And this is saves like purely for saving and things like that. Um, Make sure you have money if disaster strikes. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think it's, yeah, just be thoughtful in the ways that you are creating expenses for yourself. It's just, and life is just expensive right now. Sorry to all of you entering the workforce and, but also negotiate your salary. That's something that I wish I had done more right off the get go. Um, I was just really thrilled to have the job offer that I had because my industry is not known for paying super well, but I probably could have asked for more money. And now I'm in a position where I'm like, I want more money than what I'm making. And so having those conversations to, um, be transparent with your friends about, you know, what are you asking for? What are your expectations too? I think that also puts people in a better position too. Um, so I think that's also something that I would change about my post-grad life. And I think also like the, uh, like spending time together in cheaper ways is something that we should adopt more in college as well. Cause like as a society, like, yes, food is, is, uh like a love language and food often drives our social interactions so like usually like the go-to hangout will be like let's get dinner or let's grab Mm -hmm. coffee but like how about a night in cooking together or like you or if you don't want to share the kitchen someone cooks for the other person or like um yeah walk in the park go to the like there's a lot of ways that you can entertain yourself for cheap Right. Um, And that does take time and research to figure out. But like, I don't know, I think that's something that we should be more conscious of in general, because also like in college, like not everyone's in the same spot financially. Mm -hmm. So that's like 
good practice. Yeah. And I guess also finding friends that will support you when you're like, Hey, like I'm on a budget. Like I can't afford to ball out and go to Nobu tonight. Like let's (sighs) do something different. And, or friends will be like, do you really want to do this? Like, is this going to be good for you later on too? So Mm -hmm. um, just building that kind of a relationship as well is always important. Yeah. Um, Somebody asked, like, how do you motivate yourself when you don't have a GPA (laughs) to keep you going? Which I think is a big thing. Like, why do we work hard? What are our motivations in careers? So I don't know. What what drives you, Alicia? So I think that I kind of deconstructed the idea of, like, tying my identity to academics pretty early on in college. um, Because my academics definitely, like, took a fall um, after our first semester. And so because of that, primarily I was like, I know that I am working my ass off and I Mm -hmm. know that I'm doing the best I can. And my grades don't reflect that. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's also because we have a flawed system. So I think pretty early on, I was able to unpack that myself and I'm Mm -hmm. really grateful for that. But I know that that's not the case most of the time. Um, but I think that if you start while you're in school, start to unpack this idea of like, I am school or I am my work or whatever, mm-hmm. it will be easier to transition and not have that anymore. I am a friend and I am an artist. I'm like, blah, 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 blah all these things. And so then like once that student identity is taken away from you, you still have other things where you can like see make of who you are yeah I think for me I see a lot of my motivations come from the completion of projects mm-hmm. so maybe it's not like my GPA or like the fear of like academic demise but like having you know formed something whether that be an article or a project or um, being able to say I did that um, is something that's been really motivating to me because there are a lot of like, like the adult world does work different when it comes to deadlines and it comes to like quarters and chapters and sort of what marks the start of something new versus the close of something else. And so um, I think just transitioning away from, like you said, like what does this mean for me and my validation as a number and more like what do I feel like I've completed in this cycle or what have I been able to do and sort of appreciate about my work um it's also people still like your work and people reward you for your work that's also something like you're never like not gonna get praised for the things that you do um especially when you're in a corporate setting like there is still I don't get praised at work very often it's happened like four or five times yeah it is it is different and I think it also comes down to like your work culture as yeah. well but also like I don't have like deliverables the same way you would yeah so for sure and I think you also um, kind of have to lower your expectations because teachers will be like wow like you yeah. hung the stars and the moon and you're like today I got a message that was like nice job writing the top of your article no, and I was yeah, like great yeah, yeah. thank you so much you know like yeah. it's also just it looks different so you also like you said like need to be able to step away and be like uh, this is not what's driving me or motivating me. Like I have these other things yeah. that make me want to do it. I think also if you have a team mindset and you're like other people are counting on me for this or like I am part of something bigger, that's yeah. been something that's been really motivating for me. But I'm also just somebody who likes to stay busy and I'm a bit of a self-starter. Yeah. Like today I was working on our budget for the next year. That's not my job. I'm not required <laughs> to do that. I was just like I want to know how much travel money we have and if you can send me to Abu Dhabi in the next month. So 
Well, also, like, I think starting to find, like, that serotonin of achievement in other things. Like, oh, like, I finished this puzzle. That feels really mm-hmm. good. Or, like, I finished this book. Or, like, if you set other goals, like, I want to read, like, two books a month or something like that, hitting those goals can also motivate you. And those do not have to exist in the capacity of academia or mm-hmm. career at all. Right. So that's also a safe thing to fall back on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I Yeah, I guess in general, like the thing that I really want to hit home is like as a society, like we have really failed post-grad adults. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like there is no support in system for this trend, this huge transition. Um, Cause like, I feel like there's not a whole lot of support from the the transition from like high school to college or whatever, but like even less so for college to whatever yeah. is beyond. And I don't know, I've been thinking about this for months. Like I don't really know like how I would fit into a solution for that, but I know that that is like a big area of need. Um, Cause I feel like oh, I've seen a lot of like post-grad depression, ha- like I've watched not just like my own, but like I've watched a lot of other people go down the drain. Uh, sorry, that sounded so aggressive. Not like a criticism on them, but it's like I've watched them like spiral. Yeah. And that's like, it's very upsetting. And there's a lot of factors, but then also those factors like co- come back to like not help. Like, because usually you would have this community and now you don't. And yeah. The lack of structure is also a thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think the other thing is there's no, like, ideal post-grad life. Like, this is something that I've been talking over with one of um, friends who still hasn't quite established what her post-grad plan is. She's just kind of taking life as it comes at her. Um, And for some people, that's really freeing. Like, I do have a friend who's straight up like, I'm just going to New Zealand. I'm going to, like, be there for a couple months working. I was like, cool. See you when you get Mm -hmm. back. Like, we'll catch up. Um, But I think there's this expectation that like you need to know exactly what this chapter looks like or where this chapter goes in your life or sort of what this means. And I would say just kind of like be open to whatever it is because the other things you really can't compare journeys. I think after high school, I had this conversation with a lot of friends where they're like, Oh, but so-and-so is doing this. Or like my parents expect me to do this. And there is a bit more rigor. Like you kind of get three options where it's like two year university, four year university or, you know, work and here it's literally the whole yeah. wide world is your oyster like nothing is the same and some people are going to take a really big job and they're going to hate it and some people are going to start grad school and they'll hate it or some people are going to find exactly what they want to do the second they leave college and they're going to do it forever and ever and ever and it's like um some people are going to get married and they're just going <laughs> to make babies and they're going to like have build a happy little home and that is winning you know that's the other thing is like what somebody finds joy in in this next chapter might look super different from what you would and you also have to just be happy for people in whatever way their life takes them so I don't know I think it's just being open and again like life is so fluid Mm -hmm. you are not stuck anywhere even if you took a really big job or you signed a contract and you have a five-year lease somewhere like those things still are not permanent and even then like in the big scope of life like that five years is not the end of everything so um i think a lot of people see their postgrad plan as permanent and yeah i think the first time i really realized like oh like my first apartment is not like it doesn't have to be perfect or like my first job doesn't have to be perfect i think was when i think you were like oh i don't want to 
I think I might not stay longer than a year. And I was like, wait, yeah, that is a mm-hmm. thing we can do. Um, so like, you don't have to settle for like a perfect apartment or like a perfect job or a perfect city. Oh, social media also changes a lot of your perception because I could sit here and be like, oh, this person looks so happy post-grad because they're doing X, Y, Z. But it's like, I guarantee you everyone is feeling some way, shape or form of this like turbulence Mm -hmm. and like uprootedness. Cause like we all went through huge life changes. And especially in this day and age, like we have so many like distressing events going on like all the time and that all compounds. So like, you might be like, oh, this person got engaged. They like, everything must be set. Or like this person is traveling around Europe. Everything must be set. No, I guarantee you that they definitely still have Mm -hmm. bad days and they still have days. And they honestly probably look at you and they're like, wow, this person has a big Mm -hmm. girl job and they must have it all together. Like, oh, this person is in law school. They must have it all Mm -hmm. together. And like, I feel like we're all looking at each other from this separate lens and like every single person that I've talked to since postgrad, when we like check in on each other, every single person is like, I'm really lonely and I'm like not doing well, but like we're taking it day by day. Like you said, social media is so fake. Like I went on a work trip to South Korea and everybody was like, wow, that's so sick. And I was like, I was scared shitless to walk in that convention center. <laughs> I was the youngest yeah. person in there by like a decade. I was stressing about ironing my clothes for four days. You know, like there's all these different things that like, but mm-hmm. you know, I got to have my silly Instagram post, so obviously my life's better than you. And so, um, <laughs> I don't know. Just I think be honest with each other yeah. about that too. Like I would meet up for friends with yeah. coffee in DC, and they'd be like, "I'm not doing well. I hate my job." And it would be like, "Great. Like okay. Like let's find a way to like pivot from here. Like what are you gonna do next, and how can I support you in this next chapter? Because sometimes things aren't what they what you expect them to be, and that's okay. And mm-hmm. so just be supportive of your friends as they're going through that mm-hmm. too. Also, something that I think helped is, like, before you leave, like, make set plans, like, oh, we're going to Zoom this time every mm-hmm. week or whatever. Um, that's something that one of my friends did, and we had, like, a little group that would, like, play games together for, like, every week. Um, and we had that going for, like, a few months. Um, and that was nice um, to just know that that is something that – it builds routine, and it also, like, makes concrete plans. of Like, this is when we're going to see each other. This is when we're going to talk to each other. Yeah. Because um, it's <laughs> – yeah, like, I mean, there's all the jokes that are like, oh, adult friendship is like, oh, I miss you. Can we hang out in three months? Um, <laughs> that's real. It is. And uh, I think also that's something that I also have had to shift my perception of what my friendships look like because not mm-hmm. everybody can call every day, but that doesn't mean they don't love you anymore. Like, that just means that their life looks different. I can too. call you every day. Yeah, for sure. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, if I don't hear from somebody for two months, that friendship yeah. is still as beautiful and flourishing as the day we left, you know? So I think yeah. also giving each other grace when it comes to having distance and knowing that like there is no love lost. And Okay. I feel like the last thing I want to say is make time for hobbies. Like it doesn't yeah. have to be a side hustle. Like, please, please, please like find some enriching things to do that like are not for anyone else's gain. Yeah, absolutely. And also find ways to unplug I think sitting at a computer for eight hours every day really fries my my brain. So find like a book or a puzzle or a crossword or just something that is not staring at a screen because your screen time is going to dramatically increase and the less you can do, the more you can do to decrease that, that's better. Yeah. Should we hop into our weeklies? Yeah. Okay. Um, Stuffed animal more of the week? mm -hmm. 
I am back home, so I'm reunited with all of my manatees, Barbara, mm-hmm. Mia, Charlie, the Chow Chow. Um, and I've put Oliver in his Christmas jammies, and I gave Yay. my ottoman, Otto, um, a Santa hat. So everybody's- The ottoman's all- a cow. It is a cow. It's so beautiful. But yeah. Um, yeah, everything is all decked out for Christmas. We're all ready. To- I didn't get any of my stuffed animals Christmas presents, though. Does that make me a what? terrible mother? I. I didn't think that was a thing that we had to do. Well, I don't know. I feel like kind of, but I also feel like maybe not. Well, what would you give them? Well, I'd probably give Oliver clothes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I probably just need to like wash them for Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. My stuffed animals are back on the bed because I went to urgent care. He's like, you don't have scabies. Yay. (laughs) We don't have to do do a whole update. I might've had it before and I don't have it anymore. I might've never had it. Bottom line is I don't have it. I have some form form of eczema or stress rash and it is a man's fault that I am so distressed. So. Yeah, cage all men. Um, emoji of the week. Um, I really like the. <laughs> it's just like the straight line mouth. Like I love to yeah. like if someone has like messed up and I'm like talking about it with someone else. I'm like, can you believe they oh, like this person just did this? And I'll just hit them with like a string of that emoji. So good. Oh my gosh. Um, I've been doing a lot of the nauseous, so not the vomiting. Oh, yeah, the, the green one. <laughs> The green one. Um, it's just been an icky week. <laughs> I was also so nervous watching the World Cup. I was literally sweaty in this weekend. I uh, didn't realize how many people liked soccer until I woke up that morning. And I was like, this must be what it's like to not be a Swifty when she drops an album. Because I was going through the timeline. And I'm like, I literally don't. Okay. No, I saw this TikTok that was like, when you know nothing about sports, but you hate French people and you love autistic people. And it's like, a win is a win. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's also just the cultural implications. This can be my um, pop culture moment of the uh-huh. week, but like Lionel Messi yeah. has been like one of the greatest soccer players of all time. And so for him to never win a I World was Cup shocked. Movie, I didn't know he never right? won. Right? And so I think that's the thing. And Argentina is such a big soccer yeah. country. Like they've gotten second so many years. Like it just, it felt like a beautiful, like historical moment in that yeah. sense. And it was also just a great you- game, even if you're not a big soccer person. Like it was high scoring tension all the way up until the end again people sweating screaming swearing at the airport it was crazy do you know about him and his wife no it's so i saw a tiktok on it last night and i was like wow i'm so lonely they met when they were nine and he said it was love at first sight um they would like hang out together as kids and then um uh i think like he then went to yeah, he went abroad to play, and then her friend died in a car crash unexpectedly, so he flew back because he really wanted to be with her and comfort her, and then they're like, okay, let's, we got a DTR, and they're like, yeah, I want to, like, pursue a serious relationship, so they dated for years and years, and they had their kids, they got married, and she's so beautiful, and he's so talented, and their kids are so cute. <laughs> No, don't tell me this stuff. Listen, I think about my Argentine situation ship more than what? I should. <laughs> Who? I dated a man for a while in Argentina. He was like my little Argentine boyfriend, a local. I did and not know a- this. Yeah, it was honestly short-lived. Like, it wasn't that big of a deal. But I, like, the men in Argentina were so romantic. I'm like, Aww. it's like going back to your small town and, like, falling in love with your high school sweetheart. Like, I would do that with an Argentine man just to, like, go back. 
So don't tell me that. That's just going to make me like buy a one-way ticket to Buenos Aires. Well, um, my parents but- met when they were five and my and they started dating when they were 14. And my dad no. liked my mom since he was 12. So Stop. Um, I love, love, like one of my favorite romances is like the we grew up together. Like, oh, yeah. Childhood best friends to lovers. Oh, my gosh. Nothing or even can just, top like- that. We've been circling each other, like, for so long, you know, yeah. like, we always went to the same elementary schools, or I, yeah. My parents so were in the same crazy. class every year, literally every single year. Stop. Yeah. Makes me want to throw um, up. Oh, my pop culture, I watched The Sex Lives of College Girls, and it was really good. I watched it all in, like, 24 hours. Oh, my gosh. That's um, a little unhinged. Well, I, that's just my thing is, like, I, I just binge things, and then I don't watch anything for, like, a month. Um, yeah. But yeah, very good. I definitely had a few bones to pick, but like, it's fine. It's overall very good. Um, can't yeah. believe I have to wait a- another year for a season, though. I know. Um, did you see the Nepo Baby cover of New York Magazine today? No. Oh my gosh. Okay, I need to send it to you. Uh, it's been all over Twitter today. It, what is a nepo baby anyway? Nepotism oh baby. No, 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 that's what. The oh, 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 was. yes, that. Um, and it's. Wait, are you looking at it? Yeah. And it. The headline is: She has her mother's eyes and agent. Oh my god. I okay. I'm not gonna lie. I don't know any of the men on that cover, but I can name all the women. <laughs> Love. Um. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. big year for the nepo baby. Um, oh, Ben Platt's on the cover. Who, who's ben his Platt? parents? Oh, I don't know. See, that's the thing is, like, you can list, list so many men who are Nepo babies, but I don't know who their parents are. Whereas, like, Maya Hawk, I know who her parents are. Like, Maude Apatow, I know who her parents are. Like, Lily mm-hmm. Rose Depp, well, that one's obvious because of her, yeah. Yeah. But whatever. <laughs> um she won't be too happy about that article. Do you do you remember like a month ago when she was like denying that she was a nepo baby and everyone's like, "What?" Oh my gosh, no. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Maddie Healy has been uh, still feral, but he. I saw a video um, a few days ago. Instead of kissing someone, he brought a girl on the stage to get a tattoo. And it was, like, the sweetest thing ever. Like, they looked like they had, like, been friends forever. Like, they were so cute. Um, and then I think... Wait, did you see the man who kissed the woman? What? I don't know. I've just been seeing this video on Instagram Reels, and it's this girl who was holding up a sign, like, I'm 22. Oh, yeah, that's also Maddie Healy. Oh, that's so good <laughs> for him. the same guy. Yeah, he checked her ID. Um, yeah, I saw that. And then I think last night or like two nights ago, he kissed an Asian girl and she posted on TikTok and said, I did this for the Asians. And I was like, thank you. That's so good. Um, and then uh, Phoebe Bridgers sang Motion Sickness with Billie Eilish at a concert, oh uh, which is so ironic because there's that line that goes, um, you were in a band when I was born. Uh, yeah. And Billie is dating Jesse Rutherford from the neighborhood and she just turned 21 like yesterday. Billy. <laughs> Icky. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. 
that's a lot of pop culture happening this week. Ugh, and it's Christmas time, you guys. Calm I'll down. be home for Christmas. <laughs> okay, top pop um, Christmas song. Uh, mistletoe. Oh, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say mistletoe. Also, okay. Did you see Nile cover last Christmas? Uh, no. Okay, I'll send it to you. Oh, Louis Tomlinson is coming to Maryland. Why? I don't know, but he's like performing at the same place that Noah Khan is this summer. Oh, oh I got Noah Khan tickets. Yes, I I was told. Yeah. Um, I am like on the lawn, but it's fine. Yes, I did hear about this. Um, it was very why? Traumatic. What? What is Joe Biden's plan to? Fix Ticketmaster? Yeah. Gosh, I don't know, but he's not doing it fast enough. I'm still so mad. Yeah. I'm going to set all my little hill turns on him. Um, um, oh, what do you think about uh, Instagram notes? Oh, I don't get it, and it doesn't seem relevant or helpful I, know, I don't way. get the point, and it's also highlighting who is just unfunny. Yeah, also... It's feeling like fleets, where it's just like yeah. an excuse to get people to post for the sake of it. Oh, did you see the, the um, poll? Musk poll? Yes. Yeah. I voted yes. Yeah, I think, I do think it's one of those things like where he polled to see if people, it's um, like he tweeted like, oh, should I sell off 10% of my Tesla stocks? And then he had already done it. Like he was oh, just trying to like cause drama around it. I did talk about that in my capstone on his way out yeah and he just wanted to like create some drama around it to make sure that like people knew what was happening who but like now he gets to decide who the next ceo is so i'm like how good can it be any final words uh we've gone really over time um my final word is uh in eeyore's words thanks for noticing good All right. Ciao. Ciao.